everyone to polk and kush it is friday february 24th 2023 and we are in the midst of the lenten season yeah do you celebrate no me neither (laughs) i'm not very big on the uh you know giving things up that's not really my style uh, so, you know, as usual, I would give up reading books. Uh, that that is off the mm-hmm. list for this year. So uh, healthy food. No, yes, no, no reading books. No marathons. All these things will be gone. Uh, as we have exercised the demons of Mardi Gras, the city has returned to its normal, typical hellscape, rather than its uh, colorful plastic beaded one. And uh, it is, uh, you know. I thought it was a nice Mardi Gras season. I didn't do that much of it, but I thought it was a nice Mardi Gras season. Yeah, I didn't do too much. I went out a little bit on Fat Tuesday. I saw some of St. Anne's, I think, or it could have just been people with a lot of time on their hands. That's a parade where if you want to join, you just walk behind them. Yes. So it's hard to tell what's official and what isn't. Very egalitarian. Yeah, but there were quite a few. I saw a uh, twerking float. (laughs) It was just a big structure, probably more sound than a hard rock uh, hotel <laughs> that had some women on top of it twerking. And I saw the wrestling ring. You may have seen the wrestling ring. It goes around. I think it might be around for Crew de Vue. I don't think I saw that. Well, it's a wrestling ring. Okay. Float. And people are pushing it? People are pushing it, and there are people in the ring wrestling. Okay. I don't know. It if- seems like it would draw a lot of attention. You know, in the midst of everything that's going on, it's really just kind of like a, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, really. uh, It's in like the R-bar area where everybody's (laughs) nude and on ecstasy. Someone posted pictures, like an older guy I know, posted some pictures up. It was literally just nothing but gay guys showing like 95% of their ass cracks. And this guy is, you know, like an older guy who shoots baseball games Mm -hmm. normally. Clearly, just went down to the Marity to like check it out, and uh, and thought it was like, I don't know, it is colorful and it is whatever, but it was like this is hilarious. Like this is all just ecstasied out gay dudes just getting after it, and they were uh, immaculate costumes. And uh, yeah, they didn't even know it was Mardi Gras. <laughs> it was incredible. I was like, man, this is. This is like so far out of my wheelhouse, uh, the idea that this could even exist anymore. Uh, truly a, uh, a, a beautiful, beautiful Mardi Gras day. It was a 80-ish degrees yeah. uh, in mid-February. Uh, people seemed to really, the crowds were very much full force this year, basically all through Uptown. Uh, downtown, I didn't feel like it was quite as crowded until Tuesday, and then it was... Uh, Full blast costumes, everyone back. You always kind of forget this many people live in the area or at least will come to the area for, right. for Mardi Gras. You're like, this is so many humans. Like, you just, everything else normally in this city is just not that crowded. And, you know, you, you go to restaurants, you go to bars, you go to 
even most games here, the whatever. Jail. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a city that's, you know, the traffic here is not that bad. Like, it doesn't feel like a city of a lot of people. And then all of a sudden you're like, how long is a parade route? Three miles? And, like, every part of it is, like, ten deep uh, for things like Bacchus and Endymion. And you're like, that's just, it's, it's wild to think of how many humans come together in one thing. Yeah, there were quite a few down there. I tried to avoid them as best I could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's it? So was this your first old man Mardi Gras? Yeah, it was. Um, even when I lived in Los Angeles, I came back for one or two Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. But this was, you know, just being out in Metairie. I'm a family Gras man now. <laughs> I'm a not doing the stuff that makes Mardi Gras fun anymore, man. <laughs> But, you know, I wanted to get my little taste, so I went out for 10 minutes, got yeah. sunburnt, and then went to Robert's. <laughs> I, uh, we took the kids out there, man. That is, talk about a different planet of, like, how I used to do Mardi Gras of, I'm going to stand 100 feet away from the floats, I'm going to drink profusely, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not going to really care about anything but how many beers I can put down. And now it's just, uh, hey, my kids are screaming at me to put them on their shoulders for every single thing that passes by, and I have to keep them out of the streets from getting run over by a tractor, which amazingly does not happen more often. I don't know how more kids don't get hurt. Well, they're resilient. Yeah, I mean, maybe my kids are worse than most kids. (laughs) There's a possibility. They didn't give a shit at all. They had no fear. No fear. How was the Metairie Gras? We went to one day of Metairie Gras. It was lovely. You saw Better Than Ezra (laughs) at the mall. (laughs) We were on Bonneville, and we went out there, and it was was the Mardi Gras that I remember where there was... That sounds terrible. That sounds like Donald Trump talking about, you know, what it was like (laughs) in 1958 in America. It was the Mardi Gras I remember as far as there was v- no tents, uh, very few ladders, mostly like crowds of, you know, one to two people deep going down the route. You could play in the back, and then when the float came up, you could run up to the front. And it was like a very chill version of Mardi Gras, which is very similar to how it was, I felt like, when I was growing up, even uptown, like... There were parts that were crowded, but it wasn't like the whole route was people getting there at six o'clock in the morning with their full campsites and, you know, essentially moving into Sixth and St. Charles for a week. It was like what's happened there and especially for the Endymion route is like a total different planet. So this was an easy thing to do with kids. You could park three blocks away. You walk up with your little wagon. You, you know, hopefully don't get stampeded uh, by, you know, a marching band or something like that. But it really was like retro Mardi Gras for me. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go to a fun and easy Mardi Gras that is next to a Chili's, <laughs> I think that's probably the your best option. Yes. That, that sounds perfect. Uh, all the stuff I saw on social media this season was... It looked like a war zone out there as far as people spray painting and roping off and yeah. the tents and the they had like the igloo tents out there with oh, the it's walls. Crazy. 
People I, set up tables I'm that are like not, little blockades. I'm like, you don't own this. Just because you showed up at you know, 6 o'clock in the morning and put this down, this isn't your property all of a sudden. I mean, does... I, I guarantee all these people have beautiful backyards and gated communities. <laughs> go go out there. Get your lawn guy to throw out beads while he's mowing the lawn. What are you there for? Garbage? It's one of those things that I used to criticize really harshly. I'd spend a lot of time getting mad about it because it does, in a lot of ways, kill the essence and the spontaneity of Mardi Gras. However, uh, it that is long that game is long since over and has been won by the uh, the land grabbers. And if you do happen to know someone who has done that, it's a wonderful day. <laughs> right. It is, it is great. If you can just get into the spot, they're never like the people get way more than they need as far as space. So there's always a nice room to hang out and sit down and there's always <laughs> food and whatever. And you're like, this is beautiful. I just went to someone's house party. It just happens to be on the parade route. Uh, it, but yeah, again, you have to know someone is doing it, and you have to have no shame about contributing nothing uh, because you don't care anymore. They're the they're the one percenters of Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. If you can get there, it's pretty good. <laughs> but for everyone else, <laughs> f you. It's the my equi- my equivalent would be like uh, a boat, you know, where it's like you don't want to own the boat. But you want to be the guy who shows up and who gets invited to come on the boat. And maybe you bring like a six or 12 pack of beer Mm -hmm. and everyone thinks you're a great guy for bringing that. And the boat is being is causing a huge wake, which is disrupting everyone (laughs) on the beach. You're hitting other boats. People are drowning and you're driving right over them. If that that goes with the boat metaphor. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I just remember the first weekend, I just walked up Napoleon. This is, I think the parade started at 11. This is like around noon. Some guy just put out like a giant tarp, like a tarp that could cover the left side of the infield. And there was not a single thing on it. There wasn't an ice chest, a tent, a person, nothing. And the rest of Napoleon is packed, like shoulder to shoulder and everyone respected that this guy just had put a tarp down and was going to show up whenever the fuck he felt like it and i was like our respect for people just putting things on the ground as a culture is remarkable does that work anywhere else here's what i am gonna say about that situation there was a lot of stuff on top of the tarp (laughs) at some point and it was stolen (laughs) that's that's my tarp theory there was a grill on it there were people they were kidnapped the grill was stolen there's a whole car it was a kia it's gone Um, i don't think this is a very respectful city it's there's something that people don't want to deal with conflict like well this guy thinks it's his spot i'm not gonna go over there and stand on top of this person's tarp it's like it was huge. It was probably 30 feet wide. Not a single person was on it. The, it was, you know, like half a block from me. Not a single person stood on it for the hour plus I was there. No one touched it. I was like, this is incredible. I wish I had the no limit tank and could drive it and put it on top of that tarp and blow up whoever put it there. I was like, I wonder if they even bothered to show up the rest of the day. I can't, I can't deal with that stuff. This is why I'm checking out of Mardi Gras. I'm not going to get in a fist fight with some red-faced dad from Harahan. 
whose dad's a lawyer. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, it is. Uh, but it's, it's, I'm also routinely amazed how many people ride during the parades now. Like, there's so many parades. There's so many floats. There's so many riders. It costs like at least you're spending at least $2,000 to do this. Uh, so that is uh, you just don't think of this city as having that many people with that much just completely disposable income to throw plastic shit to strangers. And that's what it is. And it is um, there's thousands, I mean, tens of thousands of riders in Mardi Gras between all the various parades and everybody's able to do it. And I'm just blown away. Meanwhile, you can't get people to pay $5 to go to a two-lane game. That's because they've got all their money in Big Mardi Gras. <laughs> like, people, are, people are shelling out God knows how much money for plastic cups to throw to random people they don't know. But that, for whatever reason, there is a uh, th- that's also just a massive disconnect in my head. I'm like, this city is so like cash-strapped in so many ways. Yet, when it comes to this, it was like, there's no expense really spared. People go all out. I know a guy who spent $3,500 on throws and tucks. $3,500 just on the throws. That has nothing to do with the actual riding. I, that's got to be a lot. Uh, I, would I, was like, how, I was like, how do you even get rid of that over the course of the parade? If you threw $1 bills for the entirety of the time. They were doing that at, I think, Bacchus, and people were fighting. People were fighting during everything. Yeah. Uh, it was really somebody was throwing cash? Yeah. I think it was Bacchus. They it, were throwing out cash. And it's actually. Were fighting. Instead of taking $3,300 and putting it into gimmicks, uh, yeah, just doing it in like $1 bills made us paper airplanes, I think would be a lot more fun way to do Maybe it. in like 10 years. Everybody in the crowd can just hold up their phone with like their Venmo QR on the screen <laughs> and the people on the float will be like, yeah, I see you and then scan it and send them a dollar. And snap it over. Yeah. That's like when I, uh, I was walking down Bourbon Street, I guess it was two years ago and somebody had gotten one of those rooms in the Royal Sinesta that face onto Bourbon and it was a husband and wife. They looked gross and they put out a giant bed sheet that they had spray painted on it and it said it's our honeymoon and had their venmo handle and they stood out there and just drank like wearing a bikini top and a no shirt and uh while they're e-grifting yeah for- while they're just basically begging for someone to pay for this hotel they, they thought of this hotel room as an investment that's disgusting <laughs> like, like you really gotta have people do things that i've just or beyond my level of comprehension. I would never I would never have the confidence to do that. <laughs> no. Just the balls of like, yeah, I'm sure strangers will send me money for doing absolutely nothing for them. Can you send like a penny on Venmo? I would send them a penny and yeah. say, "Hey guys, you're disgusting losers." <laughs> I'd request money. <laughs> request $10,000 <laughs> from them. Because I hate you. I had a, a, a friend who used to randomly, you know, you could like split Uber rides. Yeah. And he would just, uh, just random people who were not on the Uber, he'd send requests to. Wow. At like three, four in the morning. <laughs> he'd, be like, 
be like, I wonder if anybody will split this with me. <laughs> like they, they're so black out, they don't remember. If you get it to work once. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, let's split this. See if they'll split this ride with us. A friend of mine won a million dollars on a Big Bang Theory slot machine in Vegas. A million dollars? One million dollars. Bazinga. Holy crap. And I kept requesting, like, I think the max you can request is, it's a lot. It's like $10,000 yeah. on Venmo. I just kept requesting it. <laughs> thinking that he would slip up once how close of a friend we went on tour together josh androsky you were there and when he did i wasn't there that is a i didn't even know those things ever paid out to that level he is a man that slips on a banana peel and (laughs) lands in a pile of tits A million He's the luckiest man in the world. At a slot machine. So that's not even any risk, you know? No. It's, that's amazing. I've heard of you winning a lot of money gambling, but never. He had a big party that I went to where yeah. he had a roast pig, and the pig was wearing a Wario costume. <laughs> and then he tried to run for sheriff of Los Angeles County, which was a campaign that I designed and worked uh, with him. Oh, my God. Um, of all the ways to spend the million dollars, that is not how I do it. Yeah. There's a lot more fun ways to spend $1 million, <laughs> or at least a lot better ways. Have a lot of Wario barbecues. <laughs> I, like, I don't know how much the custom Wario job was for the uh, the pig, but even then, I don't think it got to that level no oh my god so so your thoughts going forward 10 minutes of mardi gras you think is now your norm is that going to be new polk is new polk going to be just outside the bubble going to you know lunch with the 70 year olds out in kenner and uh and and not dealing with with the thought of it at all it's not going to get any better yeah It's just going to be more people. It's going to be more people fighting over spaces. Mm-hmm. Uptown Mardi Gras, I think, is out of the cards. Yeah. Maybe Crew de Vue, maybe St. Anne's. Yeah. Maybe stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. This year just felt like a needed break. Yeah. And well, I heard similar sentiments from a lot of people that were taking it easy this year, not going out. Yeah. And you know, you tell yourself that this is just temporary, but in reality, I'll never go back. Yeah. I'm just saying like, Oh, I'm just taking a break, but we know that's not true. Nothing I'm, will motivate you to go back <laughs> unless I become 22 years old again. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, just get heavily into drugs. Yeah. I'm rooting for either of those. I, I'd take either one. <laughs> It is a, it's it, everyone I know was there the whole time. Yeah. And every day was like, everyone, you know, has an alligator on their polo shirt. <laughs> so yes, they're there the whole, the, the whole time, the whole day. And I'm getting texts at 7am where they're sitting. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't, I, I'm, I, I'm just out. Like I'm, I'm not, once you, once you step back and you're like, I don't need to do this. I felt very relieved by it, but then at the same time, I do miss it. Like I wish that I had done 40 hours of Mardi Gras and partied my face off and that my kids sat in ladders and were well-behaved the entire time, but I just know that's not who I am anymore. Yeah. It's a very odd adult moment. You have to realize that people change and it's not all... You don't want to be the guy with a ponytail... (laughs) 
out there and like boot cut jeans trying to act like it's 1999 you have to accept reality and i'm accepting reality i've accepted my reality i, I spent a lot of time in the park in the last yeah. week we, we did a lot of time at the in the park and there's that's a great time to go to the park during parades no one's in there <laughs> it is empty <laughs> it was just my kids took over every park we went to it was and uh indoor trampoline places Ooh. there is no one in those places during parades <laughs> real uh r- real run of the town you have uh but over mardi gras weekend there was also some other stuff going on uh nothing really locally as it dominated the whole city however uh, from an NBA perspective, there was the All-Star Game. It was uh, highly regarded as the worst All-Star Game to date. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get to see much of anything, uh, but Jose Alvarado uh, was the MVP of the Rising Stars Game. Did you get to see any of that? I, I saw the highlights, which, if you ask me, was the whole game. <laughs> Can you name any other MVPs of the Rising Stars game? Uh, no, but I can name other people that were in this Rising Stars game. <laughs> sure. Kenneth Lofton Jr. Yeah, from the from Tech. Yeah. There you go. And uh, was Trey Murphy in it? He, yeah. Okay. He was in it. I don't remember him doing anything. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't watch it. Yeah, the uh, uh, you know Jose Alvarado Rising Stars highlight reel on YouTube didn't really include many of the other guys. So my that, that eight minute investment, my on expertise that. on this subject. One of those things that if anybody else had gotten it, not necessarily anybody, but uh, a lot of guys who who would have gotten it, the Zions of the world, <clears> for example. I don't think anybody cares at all. Uh, for Jose, it is a very cool story. He came from uh, nothing. You know, uh, not only is he undersized, he was kind of considered not really an NBA prospect at all, came from the G League, really earned his way into the spot, then somehow got his way into this showcase and then showed out at the showcase. It is a uh, one of those, uh, you know, Nickelodeon, Disney Channel type of stories of the you know the little engine that could and he continues to be that guy and so that's a a, a very nice moment for him and i am uh, happy for him i think he you know is what everybody kind of wants professional sports to be right yeah i mean the all-star game and the stuff that they do during it aren't particularly interesting to me maybe they are to some people but it's a, an incredible showcase for pelicans fandom to see the personalities on the team. And, you know, this is something we talked about a year and a half, two years ago, that the teams just weren't very fun. Mm-hmm. There weren't really people to root for. There was no personality. <clears throat> There's a lot of personality on these teams. And yeah. when the team uh, isn't super healthy and isn't playing to their full potential, it's nice to go, you know what? I still like this team. I like these players. Trey Murphy was great on the mic, asking mm-hmm. who was going to win the dunk competition and everyone verbally dunking on him in response mm-hmm. that's really fun that's yeah. cool stuff that the pelicans should be doing and jose is maybe the first universally liked pelicans player yeah i mean he is. drew holiday yeah. uh was very well liked but jose alvarado just has a, a fun personality it shows in the style of game he plays and it exudes when he's on the court he's a fan favorite that's actually good 
Yeah, it's like the you know an, an, an old school uh, WWF style. Where it's like, you know, the son of a plumber, you know, like that, that kind of thing, right? It's like he's nothing but blue collar, hard work, worked his dusty roads, you know, like just worked his way up from the bottom. And now he's made it into this, you know, into the big leagues. And it's a uh, he, he's got an infectious personality. And it was very nice to see that for him. It was cool that he even was in it to begin with. Uh, very cool that he got there. He's nine years older than everyone else. I know. In the game. <laughs> Like the only guy who played until he was a senior, you know? And so, cool moment for Jose. Trey Murphy was in the dunk contest. I did get to see some of the dunks. Mm -hmm. He's super athletic. It was really good. It was a little surprising, I thought, too. I mean, he's shown shown out particularly early in the season with Mm -hmm. his uh, athleticism, which is something we had not seen at all the previous season. He was a three-point shooter. Yeah. So for him to be in the dunk competition in less than a year was surprising, and he did really well. Yeah. If there hadn't been Caucasian Mac McClung. (laughs) We knew it. We (laughs) called it last week. Why didn't we put every dollar we had? We're like, small white guy is 100% the guy who wins. And now his dunks were also outstanding, to be fair. Um, But we knew it. The second it was a small white guy, it was like, that is... That's what you have to do to stand out. Everybody else kind of looks the same dunking. I thought that, like, what's his name? Pat, Pat uh, something from the Bucks. He was the last. Connaughton? Yeah, yeah, he was the last white guy in there. And he stunk. Yeah. And look, the NBA wants to give the dunk prize to a white guy. (laughs) They have, like, a quota to meet. They have to do one out of every 50 has to be a white guy. And the white. They they were begging to give it to Pat. <laughs> Pat stunk. Yes. Mac was actually good. Yes. This is something that can uh, unite us on all fronts, <laughs> is that Mac McClung, who plays for the Shanghai Sharks, <laughs> is a good dunk man. He, he'd spent like two games in the NBA, wasn't so. I mean, he's a G League player. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, Trey Murphy, I thought, did not embarrass himself by any stretch. He had some good dunks. He was the, great. The thing with Jose, I thought was funny. Um, I don't know how many people got it. I don't know how many people understood the Grand Theft Alvarado thing, um, but it was cool. And then it does show you, Mike, that guy has that level of athleticism, that level of hops, and the ability to be a lights-out shooter, catch-and-shoot kind of guy. Uh, there's a couple connective tissue pieces that aren't there for him to make him some you're talking about trey murphy talking about trey murphy yes there's a couple connective tissue you know like he doesn't really do much off the bounce he doesn't really have great court vision as far as uh you know his passes and things like that but that level athleticism and hops combined with that ability to knock down shots and his size it's like this guy seemingly has tools to be not just like a good player which he is a good player now but he the potential for him is ridiculously high when you put all that stuff together yeah the offense being stagnant seems like it could really rely on trey right now to not just stand there yeah the problem is he can't dribble right it's very unfortunate he'd be if there's one thing for him to work on you know in the lab this summer it's like god if he can somehow turn his ability to be a three-point threat into helping him 
put the ball on the deck and get to the rim. Like he can finish with anyone in the league. You know, he's, he's an outrageously good dunker as we saw. So it's like, his ceiling just seems way higher than when they drafted him. They drafted him. It was like, here's a guy who's going to stand in the corner and shoot jumpers. Mm-hmm. He's basically a tall JJ Redick. And, uh, and that's not at all what he is. I think he's got significantly more upside than that. And we'll see if he'll ever actually unlock it or, you know, you've got to be able to dribble. It's not an easy thing to do to be able to split defenders uh, in the NBA. But he's got the ability to get there, and I think this dunk contest showed that off as much as anything has the whole season. Well, like with every single player on the roster, when Zion is out there, Trey's athleticism is unlocked. He doesn't have to dribble as much. He gets open shots. He's able to finish at the rim. That happens a lot more with Zion out there than it does with Valanchunas just standing there (laughs) looking at the floor. Yeah, it's trying to eat the basketball. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love when he needs to be in a dynamic, (laughs) high tempo offense. Yeah, where he's cutting to the basket and catching. He's a lot better with Larry Nance out there than with Valanchunas out there. He's a lot better with Zion out there than with anyone else out there. Yeah, Jonas just standing there holding the ball with his one hand and just, you know. As the defender sags further and further off of him, and he's just holding it and swinging it around with one hand toward the basket. It's like, like Frankenstein yeah. when he sees fire. <laughs> it's it's very frustrating. Uh, it is, Do you think Valanchunas has ever solved Wordle? <laughs> I don't know why we're picking on him so much. He's such a nice guy, and he's such a ba- he's like one of the only guys who just like really. Shows I'm not up picking every on him. You can say yes. I'm I think he solves him. it every day. <laughs> he every day. Uh, he's got great hair. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, His look. stunning good looks is all that needs to stop <laughs> traffic. Yeah, yeah, in the in the paint. Uh, the Pelicans to, to reset completely as we enter the, the it's not the second half. It's the final third. The all-star game is late in the NBA calendar. 23 games to go. They play. And when you're listening to this, they've probably played uh, tonight's game against the Toronto Raptors. 23 games as we sit here talking right now. They're three games back of the three seed. They're three games away from the 13 seed. Uh, they are right smack in the most precarious yet advantageous opportunistic position. It is a super weird place to be. And yet you are starting to feel like the shine has worn off of this team. This is the time last year. They kind of harnessed everything together and they propelled themselves into the playoffs from the dead. Uh, And now it feels like they're trying to hang on to position and maybe try to climb a rung or two and, until uh, given their injury situation and and given uh, what we've seen of them the last month, it just doesn't feel that hopeful entering this stretch. I don't think it feels like something magnanimous is about to happen, but I think the Pelicans can stay a steady course and get into the play in Mm -hmm. and maybe actually get into the top six. Yeah. You know, last year, we had C.J. McCollum coming in at the All-Star break. Yeah. Big, big change there. This time we've got Dyson Daniels maybe coming back healthy. Yeah. I think Larry Nance is, is probable as well for tonight's game. That's 
a, as good as it's going to get for the Pels. I know, because you just can't count on Zion, as we've said here. Like, until he's in uniform on the court with the ball in his hand, I, I'm not even. And I feel like there's it. a stamp on Zion right now. I think people have gone, yep, I'm, he doesn't exist, doesn't exist until yeah. he's back on the floor. I think that's kind of been universally accepted. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Sure. I, I, we've seen how good the Pelicans can be with who they've got currently. The team just looked tired. For a lot of these games, yeah. especially during the 10-game losing streak, they just looked exhausted. Yes. I don't know if that... This is a team that we were praising as being very deep at the beginning of the mm-hmm. season. And right, I, I still think that's true, minus one person right now. Yeah. The Pelicans need to get into the groove. They need to have the right players out there at the right times. You do not need to have Valanchunas out there eating up the paint. You need to have quick, fun people that can give some energy to it. Games like Denver, the only person that had energy out there and would bring the Pelicans even close to not getting blown out, Jose Alvarado. Mm -hmm. I think Kyra Lewis can follow that same path. It's not great that now is the time that the Pelicans could be experimenting with lineups. They should have been doing that during the 10-game losing streak. Yeah. But the Pelicans just need some life, and hopefully this all-star break has given it to them. Yeah, and we know they have the ability. Uh, all the talk of, oh, they can't win because they're injured and playing without Zion. This is the same team that won last year. Everybody else is basically playing. Dyson Daniels is out uh, for the first game back here, but it looks like he is getting close. Uh, and otherwise, everybody's pretty much there. Uh, and, and so there shouldn't be that big of a drop off. There shouldn't be an inability. Uh, they are going to have to find a way to win some games on the road. They've been terrible on the road this season. The next few stretch, the, the, there's a couple stretches here in the next couple of weeks that are pretty brutal. I think there's a four of five uh, on the road to come off the all-star mm-hmm. break. And then there's another one that's like six of eight on the road. That's a lot of road games. Four straight. Yeah. And so that is uh, it, that is going to be a gut check for a team that has sucked on the road. Mostly has sucked shooting on the road. And more than anything, that is what this team is going to have to to prove, that they can consistently knock down shots. So often the NBA comes down to just a three-point shooting contest, and too often the Pelicans are on the wrong side of it, and that is going to be the biggest you know, X factor toward the end of the season because if you don't have Zion, you've got to be able to knock down threes, and uh, and they're not real. And even if you have Zion, you got to knock them down. They're just a lot easier when he's on the floor. Yeah, the Pels are 10 10- and 19 on the road. I think the Pelicans are pretty neutral on the road. They seem to be a little bit better on the road last season. I think uh, this year the schedule has been harder for them on the road. Mm. The stretches, the back-to-backs on the road have been particularly brutal. And just with the injuries on top of it, 10 and 19 I don't think is nearly as bad as that schedule could be on the road. Yeah. But they just have to come out with some life and they have to get a few that they're not supposed to, which is something that the Pelicans were great at at the beginning of the season, yeah. winning games that they weren't supposed to. Yeah. When's the last time they did that? Yeah. It feels like every time they've managed to rack up a win, it's been, you know, because they've either been playing a bad team or a team who's missing your players or all of their, their last 10 victories have been ones that they have absolutely had to have yeah and even then you've had your you know just you know absolute stink bombs against minnesota and washington and there have been some bad losses in between there too so 
We'll see what ends up unfolding. This is obviously a, uh, a very interesting part of the NBA season with so many of these teams in the West bunched up, 23 games to go. Uh, as good as you could ask for as far as uh, compelling television for the NBA, hopefully guys are playing down the stretch. I saw the Blazers are already resting Damian Lillard the first game back from a week-long All-Star <laughs> break because their flight got delayed. It was like, geez, man, like... This the the league is. He was tired from freestyle rapping on the plane <laughs> yeah. while it was stuck on the runway. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose it was. Uh, you know, he had too much time at the beach, uh, so he was not able to to play tonight. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm hoping this you know is kind of where the NBA season cranks up. No football, all the attention is on the league, and uh, and they can you know we can really get some uh, some momentum going as we enter toward the postseason. Should be fun to watch. Uh, we, of course, have the rest of this podcast. We will get into a whole bunch of local news. There was a whole lot that happened with our fine mayor, and we are here, of course, to talk about it. So stick around right here, Polk and Kush. Polk and Kush is sponsored by Crescent Canna, our favorite New Orleans cannabis company that has just released their new THC seltzer. Delightfully refreshing and highly satisfying, Crescent 9 THC seltzer provides the uplifting effects of cannabis for any occasion, anytime, from coast to coast. This game-changing beverage is the first Delta 9 THC seltzer to be registered with the Louisiana Department of Health. Crescent 9 THC seltzer is federally legal because it contains hemp-derived cannabinoids, including Delta 9 THC, the THC responsible for cannabis' psychoactive effects. Getting you high. Made with a 6 milligram of THC plus 3 milligrams of CBD and naturally flavored with fruit juice and puree, Crescent 9 is low in calories and high in flavor with the perfect combination of cannabinoids, for a balanced euphoric vibe. This is true. Balance and euphoric is exactly what I'm looking for. I took one out Mardi Gras day. Uh-huh. I mean, it was a beautiful day anyway. I could have been in the middle of the ship from the perfect storm, and I would have been having a beautiful day. It is good vibes. Yes. You're a vibes man, right? I, I You're wearing a vibes. bucket hat. That's right. <laughs> tie-dye t-shirt with a big smiley face on it. Tommy Bahama. Yes, that's how I live. Uh, it is a uh, just a genius concept, quite honestly. Everything about this, I don't know what anyone could have wrong uh, or think possibly badly. What a wonderful invention, a wonderful thing that we've brought to this world. Uh, Crescent Canna has really done us all a gigantic favor because who doesn't want to be feeling that euphoric vibe on your day-to-day life without having to inhale something, without yeah. having to really go through the whole process that it used to require in order to get there, this is just beautiful. This is exactly what we've always dreamed of. Yeah, you can walk into a store, buy it with legal tender, mm-hmm. and leave happy. Interested in giving Crescent 9 a try? You should be. You can order it directly from Crescent Canna at crescentcanna.com slash kush, K-U-S-H. Now, through Sunday, use code kush 9 K-U-S-H-9 for 15% off your order of Crescent 9 
THC Seltzer. Code Kush9 expires Sunday night, so you better hurry. After that, the THC Seltzer will be excluded from discount codes, so this is a limited-time offer just for Polk and Kush listeners. That's right, folks. And co-host of the podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> no just, just for Kush9. Kush Polk is not included. Kush9. That's the number nine, not N-I-N-E. Kush number nine. After Sunday, no discount codes will work on the seltzer, so order it now. You must be 21 or older to purchase or consume THC products. Consult with your doctor before using any cannabis product if you have a medical condition or are taking medication. I need to go watch some kids' movies and just drink a lot of these. You're always watching kids' movies. That's my whole life. Toy Story. I've seen them all. Uh Cars. Cars. A lot of cars. Aladdin. Yeah. They're we, great. We were, They'd be better with Crescent Nine. That's true. <laughs> we didn't really watch too many kid movies. I watched Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was that one with Goldie Hawn, like Shipwrecked or some shit? That does not sound like something I watched. Uh, Fried Green Tomatoes, which is also <laughs> not a kid's movie. Driving Miss Daisy. I feel like you watched a lot more like TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't your whole life was kind of based around television, though, wasn't it? As a child, yeah, yeah. I um, grew up mostly feral. My <laughs> parents would sit me in front of a television before they would go gamble the night away or whatever they did. So I would sit there with Night Court, not the new one that sucks, the old one which sucked, and uh, you know Murphy Brown, married with children. Then I'd watch Love Connection. That would come on after the news. Syndicated TV was really a thing for a long time. It was. It was like I kind of lived off of syndicated TV. There was just one channel that was like the cable company's channel, and it was like red, green, and blue bars. And then there would be white text over it that would be like, get your house sprayed for bugs. I would watch that channel. It, well, they played uh, the, the radio station over it. Oh. You want to get into some New Orleans stuff? Yeah, how about a little local breakdown? It's the It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny little crawdads. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> New Orleans is a time of uh, jest and satire. And uh, people like to go out there and make fun of people and goof around. And uh, I'd say the biggest target uh, this year was Latoya Cantrell. Accurate. Lampooned on floats in every single parade, probably. <laughs> yeah. Probably not the bean parade where they like <laughs> make shit out of beans. Yeah. No, that only crew red beans. I think is the only one that stayed away from ripping on Latoya. Yeah. Um. Well. The mayor uh, has been caught pointing the finger, so mm. to speak, and uh, unfortunately, Fox News has picked up on it. New Orleans mayor caught making obscene gesture during Mardi Gras parade. I think at this point, we've all seen the video. Yeah. She was caught flipping off a parade. This that was, was Crew of Tux, I believe, right? Yeah, and this was on Lundy Gras. I believe she was in front of uh, Gallier Hall. Uh, she has a big viewing stand there, you know, like... The people that buy tickets to go to Mardi Gras, she has one of those. That's right. And the video, she appears to be having fun. Uh, that's one way to put it. <laughs> she, she is 
always drinking in public. Always. So is everyone in New Orleans. That's what I was, She is, as much as I uh, genuinely just don't respect her and think that she's done a very bad job as the mayor and she doesn't really care about her constituents, no one has quite represented these, like, our people as much as she has. She represents almost a too perfect embodiment of the New Orleans citizenry where she's petty and she drinks like crazy and she's uncouth and she doesn't give a crap. And she just like the second something ends, she's just on to the next thing. There's no remorse. There's no anything. We're just moving on. And, uh, and, and this was a perfect example during Mardi Gras of, I, I believe the crew of Tux, everybody kind of turned in the other direction as they went by Gallier Hall, a whole, crew, a whole float just like turned away uh, from Gallier Hall. And so she was, you know, screaming, I love you. I love you. Happy Mardi Gras, like in the most sarcastic way. And then uh, she flipped off. She flipped the bird. Uh, and, you know, whatever. If this was like a float where there's like a paper mache twerking Latoya yeah. and dollar bills are flying out of her ass, I could see like, you know, give it back. Yeah. If yeah. you're going to make fun of somebody, you got to accept that they can make fun of you back or yeah. yell at you back. Yeah. What she yelled uh, at the float as it passed by was, we love you. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah. I'll see you. Happy Mardi Gras. Enjoy the ride. So glad your ride was good. She's like a robot. She's talking, no, no, she's she's like, talking like she's, an AI robot. She's talking in the most sarcastic, like the way that you do in traffic. You're like, oh, nice move, buddy. Thanks, pal. That was great. <laughs> Thanks so much for giving me so much notice for getting into my lane. Uh, Luckily, her communications director released a response on why it occurred. Uh-huh. Mardi Gras is a time where satire and jest are on full display. <laughs> The city has been enjoying a safe and healthy carnival and is looking forward to continuing the celebration. Very safe. Very healthy. There is nothing healthy about... Nothing healthy. ...about um, bulldozers pushing tons of plastic garbage down the street that's going to get burned in a tire fire in the east. There's nothing healthy about $800 worth of Popeye's King cakes, 500 Michelob Ultras. There is nothing safe about multiple stampedes and shootings. Hundreds of car windows getting broken into. And lastly, I would say that there was almost nothing satirical about flipping people off while yelling at them. Yeah, that's not satire. I think no. they lost the... Uh... Dumb people f- found out about the word satire a yeah. couple of years ago, and now th- it's just they use it as a term of like giving somebody shit, yeah. but that's not actually what it means. No, it's just ball busting is yeah. what she's doing. What, she, what she's doing is trying to be vindictive. Uh, but, you know, I, I honestly like... Somebody on the float had a sign that said Vappy Mardi Gras, which I find to be hilarious because, you know, that's the security guard that she's been having sex with on city property uh, during her, allegedly when she's supposed to be working, you know, a guy who had to file for divorce and uh, uh, his ex-wife is claiming LC is the reason why uh, it, it is. Uh, that was hilarious. Ha- Vappy Mardi Gras is just genius. Uh, I also saw there was a woman, uh, I guess the captain of muses came on and she's like, Unlike all those other parades, we are all from New Orleans and nobody signed the recall. And I was like, you have no fucking idea. Like, talk about talking out of your ass. Like, 
There are thousands of women in muses. She has no clue where they live. She has no clue who signed the recall. <laughs> Zero. She probably knows 50 people in the entire parade. The idea that she could tell you what parish they reside in and how they uh, went up against the recall is so outrageous. And is the, everything that like makes me crazy about Mardi Gras, where it's like, come on, you are just like lumping in just giant groups of people that you don't know anything about. Well, the recall doesn't need those Muse's signatures. We've nope. come a long way from misspelled logos made in Microsoft Paint, and we have progressed all the way to Noonie Man falling out of a van. <laughs> <laughs> what a perfect scene that is. It was, it was insane footage of Noonie Man showing up in the Latoya Mobile, mm -hmm. parking illegally in front of City Hall. <laughs> They immediately got a parking ticket. Yes. Noonie Man fell out of the van. He had like a Rubbermaid tub with just loose leaf paper in it. And he runs in and then it cuts to them like all twerking in front of City Hall. <laughs> he got They've like done a, it. He got like a fight with security guard, right? Yeah. He's Hezbollah. Yeah. <laughs> he's Hezbollah of New Orleans. He's two feet tall. He's going to fight everybody. And I, he's a meme in my eyes. Somebody was like, what do you think they were fighting about? I was like, oh, probably the Ukrainian conflict. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what they're fighting about. I don't think they know what they're fighting about. No. Like, this is, it's just pure chaos. Well, you probably can't ride up, you know, it looked like an ISIS van. They were like flying <laughs> towards a political building and then just like screech to a halt the door flies open and some goober falls out i'm sure security was a little on edge i mean this is such a ludicrous process so they say they have enough signatures but now they have to get verified right so they turned in this giant tupperware uh full of <laughs> full of paper with random names and addresses on it who is in charge of making sure that these signatures are verified because whoever that person is, is definitely not going to do it. No. And then whoever is supposed to be the check on that person is going to require someone else to do it. And then that'll take months. And so by the time we actually get to the point where they're actually in position to maybe recall her because they got enough. Oh, there's also a lawsuit to try to knock the number down uh, based on, you know, voters who have moved out of the city and out of the state. Uh, by the time we get through all of that, there's almost no chance that we've that her term won't be ending. Yeah. And uh, additionally today, uh, now like the campaign, and I've seen it on like the Bayou Mama Bears Instagram account. Oh boy, what a, <laughs> what a treat that is. <laughs> they're like fighting because they're mad that the paper, NOLA.com, is saying like, hey, the petition, uh, they like lightly didn't even criticize. They were just yeah. like, hey, this is fucking a clown show, which <laughs> yeah, it is. Which it is. Yeah. And now they're like, the mayor and the guy who owns the advocate. <laughs> are in cahoots. They're in cahoots because she's always on their advertising. Oh, my God. I don't think the mayor has anything to do with advertising anything for the city of New Orleans. I don't think she controls that at all. Except those leaflets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So now they're like doing photoshops of them like high fiving together, Beca and and Bayou Mama Bears or the No, no Toya campaign uh -huh. are acting exactly like the mayor. Of they course. have received mild, uh, realistic criticism, yeah. so they are now smearing them and saying that it's 
larger and there's some huge conspiracy. People in New Orleans aren't smart enough to have big conspiracies. No. There's no cahoots other than scratch my back, scratch your back. And I would say mostly that's political side. I don't think the newspaper who runs ads for Winn-Dixie <laughs> is really getting involved. You have a gambling column in the paper. I don't think it's this huge corrupt organization. No, I mean... It, it, Are you seeing any of that uh, slush yeah, fund money? I've seen the kickbacks from the, uh, from the Latoya Cantrell. I'm sure she's got a lot of money sitting around somewhere that she's doling out. There's well, they're, no chance. they're refusing to produce copies of the signatures. I guess they need multiple copies of the pages with the signatures so yeah. it isn't just like one guy you know it's not barney fife at a desk yeah with a stack of fifteen thousand papers yeah. they're saying it is uh they that the times picayune must pay them fifteen thousand dollars yeah which dollar i don't think per page i don't think the said. paper would pay them i don't think anyone would pay them anything if you're doing the recall i think you would pay for this you or would think so you would Instead of paying for the 100th billboard that no one is, you know. $15,000. Where are you getting copies? Go to Kinko's. <laughs> you could buy a copier for $15,000. <laughs> Uh, you could just pay Latoya fifteen thousand dollars to leave office. <laughs> I kept thinking, like, I wonder if she's just using this as an excuse to get hammered drunk, enjoy her last Mardi Gras, and then just resign. I mean, she's can she gotta, still be enjoying this? She has to, like, the job has to be at this point. It's like, what am I hanging on to this for? They're gonna just ego. There's a spot in the Biden cabinet for Latoya. Where <laughs> she can be the new transportation secretary <laughs> when Buttigieg gets fired for letting the train derail. <laughs> I mean, Her and Mitch. I saw Mitch at Mardi Gras too. I was like, yeah. Oh man. Like, yeah. This is the, how's the infrastructure dollars pouring out? How are we doing on, on that one, pal? Don't tweet at us that I mispronounced Buttigieg's <laughs> name. I don't care. I don't respect him enough to say his name correctly. <laughs> I don't, the fact is, I don't like any of these politicians. They're the, all very bad. Uh, there is just no rightly. There's no reason why this has been such a gong show, other than the fact that every person who's inside this this entire recall thing whether the mayor side or the recall side, they're all from New Orleans. And therefore, there was never a question <laughs> that it was just going to be a complete, like, goofy, outrageous way to do this. Like, did you think it was going to be really organized with names typed and put in a <laughs> database where they handed it? It's like, no, it's going to be a complete joke. Like, the, the, the nudie man is fighting the security guard on his way to hand in a Rubbermaid tub full of loose paper. Here's my main problem. With Seymour Butts written all over it. <laughs> Here's my problem with Nooney man pulling up in the Team Nitro van. <laughs> it's that it's Noonie Man. <laughs> it's not Dr. Anyone. It's not Professor. It's not Scientist. It is the Man of Noonie. <laughs> he was part, one of the organizers, I guess. I don't know. This is, the whole thing is smacks of, uh, of the clown show that is this place. And, you know, it's part of why we love it, and it's part of why... We hate it, so it's. Uh, I I did. I fraudulently signed the recall, and I <laughs> wrote in that I wanted Skooks to be the new mayor. 
He'll fix he's everything. got all the answers. He's got every. Answer. He's, he's got all the answers, and he's. If only there was a four. Giving them out for free. <laughs> for the whole fourteen years on Twitter. Imagine me running into City Hall with every printed out Skooks tweet. I have two hundred thirty thousand pages, and I'm like. I'm the mayor now. <laughs> when I was at City Park, I worked at City Park for about a year, and we got sued uh, about the golf course when they were going to rebuild the golf course by some conservationist group who wanted to keep it, you know, uh, overgrown grass essentially is what it had turned into uh, post Katrina. And so they sued us, and part of it was every single person who worked at the park had to look up every email that said the word golf in it. <laughs> So every email, like spam email that ever came in from like, hey, enjoy this golf vacation. So we printed out, I swear, it like took up the size of a triple wide trailer, the amount of paper that we had with these attorneys. Almost all of it was just junk mail for like, enjoy a Wyndham vacation. You know, it was like, good, good luck, bro. Oh, man. Well, in in that statement of why Latoya flipped off Tux, they said it was a safe Mardi Gras. <laughs> the DA would refuse that charge as well. <laughs> uh, the DA is getting grilled right now because they refused 19 cases on Lundi Gras, uh, including 19 weapons-related charges. I think those were mostly, hey, you can't have a gun on a parade route. Yeah. They let him go. They were like, well, we just won't give him their gun back. And they're like, that wasn't their gun. That was my gun. Yeah. He stole it from me. And they're like, well, you're not getting it back either. I, I heard a certain LSU wide receiver was among uh, one of the <laughs> one of the people who got a gun charge. Mm-hmm. And then it got dropped. So uh, go Tigers. Uh, it all works out for them. Uh, what a uh, what an I, I can't understand it. I feel like there's got to be an explanation that's better than what's publicly out there because that doesn't make any sense. They, How are they, they got finding the guns? Were they just like, hey, is that a gun? I think they're, people are, are getting... people waving the guns around? Yeah. Oh, that or they're like getting in fights and, they're, oh, okay. and they're, as they're breaking them up, they're like, oh, you have a gun. Or they're do, or pissing on cop cars or whatever they're doing. Yeah. You know, um, They're doing something that is that is prompting... The police, and then the police are finding illegal guns on people, and then the DA is like, "Yeah, it's fine. That's whatever. <laughs> We're okay here." Yeah, and this is, does not look good because there was a shooting at Bacchus uh, right in front of Hoshan, the uh, annual uh, shooting in front of that exact part of St. Charles. There was a shooting there. There was a fight at Popeyes. Did you see the fight at Popeyes? Oh, no, that sounds exciting. It was a. Uh, Classic run-of-the-mill fight at Popeyes, except this one had a police officer body slamming an 18-year-old oh honor God. student <laughs> who was Popeye- not involved at all in the fight. <laughs> That's the Popeyes we talked about the last episode? Indeed it was. <laughs> That's a famous Popeyes. Well, it's built on an ancient chicken burial ground. Well, the story there was there was a woman was trying to use the restroom in the Popeyes. The Popeyes employee punched her in the face, and then all hell broke loose. Um, the person that got slammed on the ground was like an 18-year-old honor student from, I think, a local high school. And she was just trying to get in to help her sister, see how her sister was doing. And a cop picked her up, took her out to the street, and threw her on the ground. 
Nice. There's multiple angles. Jeez. There's a million cops. I'm yes. sure they were just at Popeye's eating, and then a fight broke out. <laughs> they were all smoking cigarettes <laughs> on the front of Popeye's, yeah, <laughs> eating free apple pies. And then it's like, oh, I could beat the shit out of some girl. That sounds and, great. And uh, I think that was the same night as the uh, shooting around Hoshan. Oh, man. That is... Uh... So it, it's... You know, you let these people go. Stuff like that happens. I have one request in this life. Uh-huh. Uh, to the producers of Undercover Boss, the CEO of Popeye's, let's get him in there to work the, the fryer <laughs> and the register on Bacchus Sunday, 2024. If you have any brains or really any heart, uh, we're going to get that CEO to be right down. Those people in the, working on that Popeye's that this past weekend – deserve medals of honor yeah not just you know hundred thousand dollars i can't even come up with the number that you would have to pay me to work a 12-hour shift inside that Popeye's. they need a solid gold bulletproof (laughs) vest (laughs) they need the pope mobile (laughs) i mean how good would undercover boss be of the ceo of popeye standing in front of that register while the drunkest people in the history of America are screaming at them for wondering where their spicy, yeah. uh, you know, 12 pieces. I mean, can you even? And then you've got some wild card in the kitchen punching people for going to the bathroom. <laughs> punching people in the bathroom. How many people have puked in the bathroom? How many people are defecating in the seats? You like, really have to, I would think if you were going to be there, you have to detach and go, it's not my bathroom. <laughs> exactly. Let them do what they will. But then they've got to clean it. So I also see that side of it. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, of all of the, like, the, you know, what was that uh, show, Dirty Jobs, where they would you yeah. know, go to, like, you know, uh, sewage water plants and mm-hmm. whatever. Like, that is worse than any of those jobs. <laughs> Working the line at Popeye's on the three days of Mardi Gras weekend has got to be among the most difficult things. And if anybody's ever done it, God bless you. And email us at PokingCush at Gmail. We'll send you a free hat. Yeah, we'll send you a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. Medal of Honor or a Polk and Kush hat. They're pretty much the same. <laughs> Well, I am looking at mine right now, so it was not among the estimated 160 stolen cell phones that were recovered in Tangipahoe Parish. Um, the theft ring has been identified as Colombian, a Colombian theft ring. They flew here just to steal people's phones on the parade route? One of them is wanted by uh, immigration Um I'm not sure where they reside, but the sheriff... Probably Plaquemine Parish now. The Four people were arrested after 40 cell phones were found at an Airbnb in Tickfall. It's going to be the only one there. <laughs> that, that was a dead giveaway, <laughs> um, And then they've arrested more people since then. Since I don't have the app and every website is they find a nightmare. It? How do they find that? They I tried. I, I think it was the find my yeah. phone. Everyone's like, hey, uh, my phone is in tick <laughs> fall <laughs> at the Harry Potter themed uh, bed and breakfast. Can you guys go get them? The single police officer sitting inside the tick fall police station is like blown away <laughs> by the amount of calls he's getting. On Monday, another search warrant was uh, executed at a second apartment at the same complex where seven more were found. And another 122 total, they arrested, oh, they arrested seven more people. This is uh, 
That's so stupid. It's concerning when you hear Colombian crime ring. If you've watched Breaking Bad, you're like, oh, God. Yeah. Or anything else. Yeah. <laughs> thinking murderous, uh, you know, rampages through the streets. Like these guys are. Just, it is the easiest, the easiest place in the world to take someone's phone and wallet. People are very drunk. Yes. A lot of your friends have that billfold wallet that <laughs> sticks out like two inches from their pocket. <laughs> that leather, they'll never feel you touch it. Yep. And, <laughs> and everyone's, no one's look, everyone's standing and no one's paying attention. So it's a yeah. perfect combination. It's like kind of chaos. You're sort of expecting people to bump up against you. Everyone's moving around and people just leave their stuff like unattended. 10 feet behind them all yeah. the time in, in strollers and wagons and whatever. It's like, it, it really is the easiest place in the world uh, to go pickpocket. So credit to them for knowing that from Columbia, you know, uh, they did get arrested, so they're not that smart, but probably should have just stopped at some point. Um, Turn the phones off. Yeah, maybe maybe take the SIM cards. I don't know how that works. I don't know either. I, I'm not a mastermind uh, when it comes to this, but uh, hopefully this will get people to be a little bit more vigilant uh, as they stand out there in the prairie route, because it truly is a... Uh, there's a, there's a carelessness to it, uh, you know, like, like as if they lived uh, somewhere on the North Shore. Yeah, it's but... Like, you know, there's a lot of people here. Your stuff's just sticking out everywhere. And the people do it at the gym. They just like put their you know wallet in the cup holder and walk around. Everywhere like, I go, I think I'm about to be robbed. <laughs> That's how we should all live. Yeah. Tim, Tim McGraw saying about living like you were dying. Live like you're about to be robbed is what I say. Every time before we record the podcast, I put away the good china. <laughs> put the cash in the safe uh, and listen to Polk and Kush. Thank you all very much for... Uh, tuning in this week we do deeply appreciate every each and every one of you thank you always to crescent canna again that code is kush nine to get your body feeling right thank you very much mr andrew polk and of course we'll be here next week like rate subscribe do all the fun stuff and we will see you real soon see ya